0: teacher friend. I'm Lori and I'm Melissa. We are two literacy educators in Baltimore. We want the best for all kids and we know you do
1: too. Our district recently adopted a new literacy curriculum which meant a lot of change for everyone. Lori and I can't wait to keep learning about literacy with you today.
0: So today we want to talk with you about curriculum implementation with fidelity versus integrity. And so, our district chose to implement Wit and Wisdom. We're assuming that you're listening to this podcast because you either adopted Wit and Wisdom or your district is planning to adopt Wit and Wisdom. Mm-hmm. And you might be afraid of the F word, fidelity. <laughs> so, we have a lot to say about this topic. Um, what does it look like, right? So, what does it look like to implement with fidelity? What does it look like to implement with integrity and everything in between? So, I'm going to turn it over
1: to Melissa. Yeah, so Lori, when you said the don't say the F word, <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> just made me think, I just think it can be really scary for teachers mm-hmm. especially to hear that we've got this new curriculum and we want you to do it with fidelity and that's it. And I think there are a lot of reasons. Do you? Do you like- oh my gosh, absolutely.
0: I mean, I think that they think, and rightfully so, right? Someone's going to come in my room and they're going to hold this lesson plan up and they're going to look for... X, Y, Z, A, B, C, every single step-by-step exactly as it's scripted on the plan, and I'm going to get in big trouble if I'm not exactly according to the script. Yeah. So, the
1: accountability. Huge accountability. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I think another reason, too, is, like, I am a teacher, and I have my professional judgment, and... If you're only telling me to do this, right, am I just a robot that's, like, just supposed to do what the script says and not make any judgments on my own? Like, what did I go to school for how many years for? Like, I I think that's completely valid, too. Yeah, so, like, where do I come in? And and then where do the kids come in, right? Like, so
0: that whole idea of, like, I'm meeting my kids' needs, but... Whoever right. wrote the script of this curriculum doesn't know my students <laughs> sitting yeah. in front of me. And I hear that all day long, and it yes. totally resonates. Like, they don't know your kids, and they don't know our kids. So
1: so what do I do? Yeah. Like, I and need to make And your kids are different than my kids. They're yes. different from the kids in Louisiana right. or
0: <laughs> wherever they are. Or Los Angeles or wherever you might be listening yeah. to this. Yeah, for sure. So I think some of the things that, as we were, you know, preparing for this and we were talking about what we wanted to bring up, like, some of the things on fidelity, we, we looked toward Tim Shanahan to kind of prompt us on what he thought about it. And so I'm going to read a bit. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. All right. So he says, As teachers, we need to have a profound understanding of what needs to be taught. It matters that primary teachers possess a depth of knowledge of the alphabetic systems or that high school algebra teachers be well-schooled in math. That's where great curricula come in. A coordinated body of texts, lesson plans, and activities that have a strong chance of enduring the desired knowledge and skills. Did I say that word right? I think so. Engendering. (laughs) Engendering. Oh, man. That's okay. Literacy, (laughs) Lori. Literacy. It's foundational. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I think that like knowing and understanding what needs to be taught
1: is the first step here. So we're just going to talk about it. Like,
0: how do you know what needs to be taught? And then
1: what do you do from there? Yeah. But, but what he's saying there, which I think, I think he's what he's saying there is (laughs) that, you know, for a teacher to create an entire curriculum from scratch that touches on, not touches on, but makes sure that kids get everything they need and all the standards and all grade level material, everything they need. That's a lot to ask of a teacher to yes. just do on their own. So that it is And it's all almost impossible. <laughs> it is almost I impossible. I think it's impossible. <laughs> I personally think it's impossible. <laughs> it definitely is. <laughs> so like having those bones of the curriculum is necessary. Yeah. But the how much do I follow it is where the yeah, question
0: comes in. Because you don't want to get so put off by it that you're like, I'm just going to throw it all away, and mm-hmm. I'm just going to yeah. do something else. It doesn't work
1: for me or negrids. my kids.
0: <laughs> right, but yeah. So, thinking about that, like, what are your thoughts on fidelity? Because I know we've talked about this, and um, I know you have a little story you want to share, but what yeah. are your thoughts on fidelity?
1: Well, I do want to, let me share one more thing from Tim Cheney's oh, yes. blog. Um just Because it, it, it just kind of summarized it for me when he said effective teaching will always be more than following a script which I think was important because he literally wrote a script for the teacher to follow and he's still saying it's more than following a script but he said what it is is teachers must assess on the fly and know whether to kid whether the kids are getting it and if they're not then something needs to happen and I think that is the key is right like the watching to see what happens when you do implement it and then do they get it do they not so you need to know whether they're getting yeah. it or not. Yeah. And then know what to do after. And that is really hard. Um, but mm-hmm. I will tell my story if you want me to tell my my, yeah. my story from the pool. Well, I, wanted, <laughs> I want you to tell that story in a
0: minute. But one of the things I wanted to talk about is like, is what stood out to me from that quote. Is like the assessing on the fly, right? They're following the script, but they're assessing on the fly. So they're noticing in the moment. And I think we talked about this beforehand, right? Like, is it something where... Their assessment on the fly helps them to make a decision in that moment. And I think we shared like, did the teacher, does the teacher need to go back and reread just that paragraph with the kids so that they understand, so that moving forward in that particular lesson, that instructional decision was made to reread so that that lesson could be understood, right? The kids can understand. Or is it an instructional decision where you know what? I need to jot this down. I need to jot that these five kids really don't understand this. And I need to make a center so that when we have center time on Wednesday, kids can go in and rotate through the centers and get these five kids really need that additional practice with it. Mm-hmm. Right? Or Absolutely. when I pull my small group, what do I need to address? So like it's that notice and note, right? Yeah. Um, beers and propes. I'm not going to say his name. I never say it right. (laughs) Sorry, Mr. Probst. I never say your name right. Um, But, yeah, I mean, Kathleen Beers and Robert Probst, they constantly are talking about noticing a note, but, you know, in a different way, of course. Um, But that's important to notice a note about your kids um, in that moment and then think about what needs to be done. I think that that's so hard for teachers, though, because they want to either fix it in the moment right there, or they're noticing it and they don't know what to do, right? Mm-hmm. Think about first-year teachers listening to this. They're
1: like, mm-hmm. what do I do? What do I do? It's hard. It's really hard. It is so hard. Yeah, that is, but that's the key to teaching, right? Like, that is that's how to it. teach, especially with this kind of curriculum. Because yes. you're not the curriculum writer. You are the teacher, so you have to. That's where your teaching comes in. Yeah. You're the implementer. Yeah. Yeah. So let me tell my pool story. Yes. <laughs> and we'll take those lessons and then apply it. Perfect. <laughs> so I <was> told <laughs> Lori my story earlier about I was at the pool yesterday. I may have been sitting in the hot tub. <laughs> Wait. And it was an indoor pool. Indoor yeah. pool. Indoor Y'all, pool. we're
0: in Baltimore. It <laughs> yes. is
1: cold right now. It is April. We are on spring break. We are not spring breaking in bikinis. No, not at all. <laughs> but I'm still in the hot tub, and it was wonderful. But I was watching um, a, a one of the people at the pool who was giving a lesson to, a uh, swimming lesson to a little boy, and she was teaching him how to dive. And he was kind of crouching down at the side of the pool, and she was teaching him how to dive. He did it probably four or five times. And he struggled, so he was <laughs> he was hitting the side when he jumped in, he was like hitting the side of the pool with his whole body. Oh, it was I was kind of like cringing like, "Oh gosh, like are you, should you be letting him do that?" But she let him try. She kept letting him try. And then after he kept doing the same things over and over again, that's when she said, "Okay, I'm gonna stop this." i obviously I'm making up what she said in her head <laughs> I'm just, by, by what I saw her do. She then took him over to the little stairs on the pool. And she showed him how to do the dive off of the side of the stairs instead of off the side of the pool. Um, and he did that a few times, and obviously he did that better because he didn't, couldn't hit the side, mm-hmm. right? And then yep. she brought him back over to the side again, where they started, and she kind of held her hands, like, on his body and, like, <laughs> made made his body go where she wanted it to go, so, it so that he could feel it a little more dive like. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it looked like a dive instead of falling. <laughs> <A fluff. laughs> um, but yeah, so then then he kind of felt what it was like to do it, and then she did that a few times with him. Um, and I I didn't fully watch the rest of it. I stopped stalking and <laughs> got out of the hot tub. But then he was he was feeling more comfortable for sure. Yeah. Um, and I anyway, I just watched the whole time, thinking like this is it, right? Like she's making these decisions. First of all, she didn't give up on him. She, like, knew he was ready for it, but knew that he needed some things in between. And that's where that teaching came in, right? Mm-hmm. She said, what does he need? He needs some different things here to get there. What can I give him? Yeah. And she made those choices.
0: Yeah. Well, and I, she I, had no
1: idea she was doing this, but she When you told did.
0: me this story before, though, <laughs> all I was thinking was, yes, yes, she let him struggle on his own first right it act- even though it, hurt, it looked like it hurt a
1: little <laughs> and
0: it was hard to watch like right like kate, kate gerson from unbound ed in um one of her speeches she always says like we love them but we're not doing we're not we're teaching out of love instead yep. of teaching to the standards i'm rephrasing kate gerson so <laughs> she said it much more eloquently but we we are loving them to death Right, so yeah. she didn't love him to death. She let him try. Maybe, yeah. maybe he knew how to dive, right, or do a little bit more than she thought. So she, but like she knew, she assessed up to that point that he was ready to dive. She knew he could swim, so it wasn't going to drown. He right. got in exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really important. Um, and then, then he got in. It, it was hard to watch, but he tried uh, multiple times. And then I think what you described was like that metacognitive moment of like she pulled back, and you kind of. And, uh, you know, shared that out loud for us and talked through. But she was able to support him because she knew what it was supposed to look like. Right. Right? So, like, she wasn't like, let's dive. But I don't know what the heck a dive should look like. Yeah. Right? So, like, that's when we think about lesson planning or preparation. When we go through that lesson and that lesson arc and that whole, you know, entire essentially, the the whole module, right? And then we break it down into arcs and then into lessons. Like, if you don't take the time to know what it's supposed to look like, you're not going to know how to support your kids in knowing what they need. Mm-hmm. And so I think, for me, that connection to the the pool story was, like, the, a big thing where, like, she knew what the dive was supposed to look like. And then she could support
1: him in accessing it. Yep. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. And I think for... For teachers, for us, it's—I mean, this is the first year, right? So knowing it as deeply as this person, who I'm assuming has given swim lessons for a while, <laughs> knows right. what this dive should look like, is a little bit harder. But it's still like it's where we need to get to. It's where we want all—all all of us—to—to to get to, teachers, administrators, everybody, so that we know what it should look like. And I'm just thinking, like, what would that look like? Let's let's just take a lesson, right? Let's pretend I'm a teacher. I have a lesson. They're trying to answer some TDQs, text dependent questions for anyone <laughs> that might not know that one. Any non-teachers who are <laughs> yeah. really excited about we love our acronyms, so we got to make sure people know them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if we have our text dependent questions and you know my students are answering them, what what am I looking for? What what do I need? To, what do I have? What should I have done beforehand? Like, what, let's talk about that. Like, what what do we got? <laughs> you mean tell me more for yeah? So I'm um, if I have a lesson. My students are answering text-dependent questions. Yep. They're answering them. What, what should I, like... <laughs> so,
0: yeah, so... <laughs> what should I, mean, I do? <laughs> my first thought is, let's look at what the standards say. What What's the demand of the standards? Like, mm-hmm. what does the standard say? And let's annotate the lesson for the standards, and then let's find out, like, if they answer this text-dependent question, or a section of my kids answer it, okay, then that means that, that they can access that standard, Right. right they're m- probably not going to master it in that moment, but they're at least accessing the standard. If I change the question, I'm not meeting the standard. If I change the lesson to delete the question, I'm not meeting the demand of the standard. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot that goes into making those instructional decisions as you're preparing.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. thinking, like, if I was a teacher preparing with this curriculum, I need to know not just what I'm asking them to do, right? Because that's the first part It's just... How am I going to, you know, what questions am I asking? Are they doing it in pairs? Are they doing it in groups of four? Like, you know, how are they going to answer it? Um, But I need to know what I'm listening for. Like, I almost see myself, like, making notes for myself of, like, if they're saying X, Y, or Z, then I know they got it. You know, like, um, just just to, like... Knowing the answers to those
0: questions, right? Not just, like,
1: reading the question, mm -hmm. but knowing the answers and then how it connects
0: to understanding the standard.
1: Yeah, so whether I'm circulating or whether they or sharing the answers back as a whole group, I know the things I'm listening for. Yes. So I know what to do next.
0: I love that idea, too, of just annotating for the kids, right? These kids got it based on these answers. These kids might need more support. These kids didn't, so I know I need to do something here Mm -hmm. for them. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. And I want to bring it back, too. Like, the things we're talking about all have to do with either fidelity or integrity. And I'm thinking, too, right, like if you're listening to this and you're thinking... How does what we're talking about relate to fidelity? Well, we want it to be fidelity of the lesson, but with your students in mind, right yeah. with you as the implementer, with your students in mind. so I think that uh, Melissa has in front of her a resource from Wit and Wisdom that we did want to talk through. it's called the path to Fidelity um, and it's just really interesting, and we were like teachers could see this and be a little bit scared about it or nervous mm-hmm. about it and So we thought that it would be helpful to kind of share our thoughts on it as well as maybe like consider some whys behind it um, to help us really unpack this and use it as a tool versus a gotcha or an accountability measure.
1: Yeah. And I think my first instinct when I look at it is like to see true fidelity. One of the things that it says under it is teaching the lesson as written. And I just think like that, coming back to our earlier point, can just be really scary, right? Because you're thinking about accountability or thinking about where does my...
0: Teacher voice come in, where do
1: my kids come in, and if that's what someone's looking for is just teaching it as it's written, that's scary. Yeah, and I think you used the word robotic earlier,
0: right? Like, you might feel like uh,
1: you're in um, iRobot, right? Yep. With Will Smith,
0: and you're just the robot delivering the lesson. That's not the intention, Mm -hmm. Um, but that that might seem what it looks like, or what it seems like as you read this. So, can you read a couple more?
1: Um, well, I'm thinking like what I'm seeing as a trend is just this idea of, and it's hard to sh- see it in a lesson, but showing true understanding of the purpose and lesson activities and tasks. Yeah. And I think that, you know, coming back to our story of the of the pool <laughs> is like... <laughs> I'm so glad you saw that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was never, um, you know, she never took anything away. She wasn't like, you know, forget this. You hit the side of the pool. We're not doing this today. Just, just jump in, right? right. <laughs> try, just, try feet first jump. Yeah, and just like, forget <laughs> it. You can't do it. Um, so she didn't give up on it. She didn't change the task, you know, or what yep. they were doing. But, you know, she, she did what she needed to do to get there. Um, so I think that, I don't think anyone would question if teachers are showing that they know the true purpose, they know where their students need to go, but they're doing some things in between to get them there. Yeah. And I think the some things could be like our examples
0: earlier, right? Like a reread. Nobody's going to question. If your kids didn't get a portion of the text and that whole portion, then they need to understand deeply to answer three TDQs later on in small groups. (laughs) You got to reread. Right. Stop. (laughs) Halt and reread the text. What else would you do that just makes sense, right? So like sometimes it's about fidelity, but doing what makes sense in the moment and in the scope of your lesson arc.
1: Yep. Yeah? Yeah. Absolutely. And I think like, I mean, there's so many ways this can go, right? Like you can see teachers who are just following it like you just said right like i'm just following the curriculum because they tell me teach yep. the lesson as written yep. but then you see like they're not making those choices <laughs> yeah because they might be scared yeah. that that you know someone's trying to say i have to teach it as written so i can't pause here right right so that's what i want to discourage is yes. don't don't just teach it as written even when you see your kids are struggling mm-hmm. or need something before you can move on to what comes next right. um, but i right. think the other way it can go is we don't want we don't want teachers to make assumptions of what their kids can do yes. either before they get to the lesson right yes. like she wanted to see can he dive into this pool right she didn't just say i don't i don't think he oh can do gosh. it and not give him the chance yes. even though he really couldn't <laughs> at the beginning opportunity, yes. <laughs> which is fine right like give them a shot to jump in the pool and if they struggle then what right then mm-hmm. then figure out what, need, what needs to happen but yeah. don't just take that opportunity away by Making it easier, which comes back to your point about loving them so much that we don't want to. Love them, give them so something hard. hard. We don't
0: want to love them so hard. Yeah, we, we want we want and I think I said it earlier, that productive struggle, right? Let them try. Yeah. And then be prepared with those scaffolds, <clears throat> right? Or your teacher notes. The purple boxes are like a gift from God and wit and wisdom. <laughs> or whatever you believe in, whatever higher up you believe in. Because it, it helps you know if you've presented them with that first try. Yeah. Right? You presented them with the core lesson and they are struggling or maybe just seven kids are struggling. Right. What scaffolds are ready for them and swoop in and be the hero. Give them the scaffold. They're still accessing the standard. They're still accessing the text. They're still accessing the task. They just need a little nudge and that's what you're popping in with. Just Mm -hmm. like when um, our friend was diving the other day, right? You said that she held on his arms, yep. and she positioned his body so he knew what it felt like. Like, help them know what it feels like to engage in this part of the standard, in this part of the task, with this part of the text,
1: and then let them go. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Can I share something I saw in a classroom the other day? You may. that possible? I'm excited. <laughs> so I saw something in a first grade classroom. They were working on their end of module task, right? In a first-grade classroom. Little bitty babies. (laughs) Um, Way to go, Baltimore. But it was the first time I had seen a teacher who, they actually, he took a small group in the back. So he had, like, seven or eight kids in the back. um, And I just popped in, so I can't tell you everything that was happening, but I can say what I saw, which Mm -hmm. was that, you know, he was helping those students. Basically, I felt like he was doing that, right? Like, he... He had yeah. his hands there, <laughs> ready and like, him up. <laughs> yeah, like get kind of giving them that support that they needed. And the really cool thing I saw was after about I don't know, ten minutes or so with that group, he sent some of them back to their seats to keep working, and he pulled like three more from out <laughs> that were working independently yeah. back to the group that needed that support too. And I was like, that's a, like that's not in any lesson plan written, right? But yes. we, we would never say, right? Well. <laughs> How dare he? Did not teach the lesson as written. Yeah, um, I just thought that was really that's a great example. Yeah, yeah, that was, that's that's what I I think of when I see like that's a teacher making those judgments for what his students need, but they were still working towards the same end goal. Yeah, that's a that's a perfect example. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course.
0: So I think the one thing we've we've talked a whole lot about fidelity today, mm-hmm. right? I think the one thing that we haven't really touched on is the integrity piece. So I think we have a couple minutes to do that. I don't think we can go really deep. <coughs> I honestly think that's a whole nother podcast, right? Like, we're <laughs> 10 more. Um, but when we think about integrity, right, like what it means to me, I mean, and then I'd love to hear from you, but what it means to me is like, you know, when I'm making my mom's famous carrot cake recipe, I am not changing the ingredients of that recipe because I want it to taste like a specific thing that I recognized from my childhood growing up, right? I want it to be this specific cake. I'm not changing a damn ingredient until I've baked it quite a few times. Yep. So when we think about integrity, it's fidelity comes first, right? The F word comes first, and then we can take it and we can do little maneuvers to, to really make it our own
1: mm-hmm.
0: with the integrity still, to all of the things we've been saying, right? To standards, to texts, to tasks, to whatever else we need to be. Um, and I was gonna make up a word and say integritus too, but I don't <laughs> think that's a word. I don't think so. What don't think it? so. When huh. um, all the things that we need to keep in mind when we think about integrity. And so like, when we think about not teaching the curriculum the first time through with, I wanna say, mostly fidelity, right? And then we're changing things. We haven't even baked it once right? to see what happens. Right. Yeah. What do you think about it? Like, what's your take on it? Yeah, power? I
1: agree with you. I mean, I think it's this falls all in the line of, like, like a spectrum from yeah. <laughs> integrity to fidelity. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of what we were talking about falls somewhere in between, yeah. right? Like, those scaffolds and having to stop and reteach and depending on how much... You have to stop and put a scaffold in, it might stray a little bit farther from fidelity yeah. depending on what you need to do. Even, I mean,
0: with something as simple as like pacing, right? right. Which is a real oh, thing. Yes.
1: That's a whole other podcast. we got a topic <laughs> list of long for you. <laughs> um, but I agree with you, especially around that integrity of, like, it, it's our first year. It's everybody's first year, right? Yeah. So no matter how much you know your students, which you probably know really well, especially now, it's... It's April, right? So yeah. you know them really well, but this curriculum is new for everyone, right? So we need to kind of, yeah, give it a shot the first time and see what happens before yes. we can really start to dissect it and take it away. Um, I feel like I have another story to tell, but I don't want no, to take all my the one st- thing stories up. The, girl. the one thing <laughs> I want to say, I was trying to pull up a
0: podcast, is that what you're making me think of is, um, oh my gosh, where's my girl? So, my girl, Keisha Fitzgerald, she has a podcast called Empower Her, and one of the things that she s- talks about all the time is, like, first of all, just getting out of your out of your way, right, and just doing it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, but, like, all the reasons why we don't, and so, like, yeah. what you're making me think of is, like, yes, we're in the middle here of fidelity and integrity. We're, we're more on the fidelity end because um, we want to stay true to what's real yep. in this curriculum, but... I think it's okay to say, I don't, I don't know, right? I don't know how to do this because I've never done it before. Yeah. And I think that for teachers implementing a curriculum, whether it be with wisdom for the first time, say I'm a teacher and I've been a teacher, wait, right? Like how far are we in our careers? We're 15 years in, right? Mm-hmm. About what, like what if this year they were like, new curriculum for you, Lori, and suddenly, I felt like a master of things for 14 years. That's Absolutely. like a long time. That's double the age of my child, right? <laughs> That's a long time. So, like, we're sitting here being like, Lori's been an expert for 14 years. And year 15, now I don't know. Yeah. Now I have to, I'm a little afraid. Yep. All those feels that come with that. And, and I've got I've to gotta be a learner again. I have to admit that I don't know. Right. But yeah. like the great part about it is that everybody's new. Yep. Everybody's new. We yep. just I feel like we have to like get out of our own way and be like, we're new together. Yeah we're gonna do this together. But when we're in our little classrooms, it's hard to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Laura, I remember we actually sat down together at the beginning of the year and we were looking at I believe it was an eighth grade lesson. Yeah. Um and we both looked at this lesson. And yeah, just yeah, said, I remember that. We're like this doesn't make any sense. Right? <laughs> and my my immediate, right, my gut instinct is just like, well, if I was teaching this, this is what I would do. Let's That's change answer. it now. <laughs> right? But luckily, we paused. Yeah. We were like, take a deep <laughs> breath. And you know what we did? We went back in the ark. Yeah. And we looked at like, <laughs> okay, well, does it make sense in a bigger picture? Which a lot of these lessons do, right? They don't necessarily make sense out of context if you're only looking at that one that's lesson. right yeah. but if you look bigger picture it's like oh okay they did this yesterday they're doing this tomorrow they're doing this in three days yeah right and it's like well if I change that to what my gut instinct was I would they just throw not- the whole thing <laughs> <You're right. laughs> um, like I feel
0: like my what I keep thinking about wisdom is that it's it's put it puts things in manageable chunks yeah. right for kids so like even if I were my master teacher self and I was like, you're seven of my career, and I'm doing my revising with my kids. You know, in hindsight, I probably gave them too much time to revise. And I probably wasn't strategic. And yeah. I probably, if I was searching for my own stuff, didn't have the most like epic example <laughs> for them. Yeah. right? So like, they're putting the tools in our hands to be able to do that in a really um, chunked way. Mm-hmm. So ev- like every day you're doing a little bit toward working toward... Your end goal. Yep. Uh, what is better than that? It, the standards are just cycling around and around and around like a tornado. It's fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think that you're spat on. That I mean, that story was so funny because we were like, this is what teachers are like <laughs>
1: every day. Yeah, with, with many more students. So. That's right. That's we recognize right. you don't have one student at the pool. We, yeah. we get it. Yeah. <laughs> yes,
0: amen. So, okay, so... One, I think we wanted to think about, like, so what does this mean, right? To bring it together. What does this mean? I'm a teacher. I'm um, trying to do this with fidelity, but still know my students.
1: What does this mean? Yeah, so lots of things. Um, I think for teachers, number one is I think just the planning process looks so much different than what you might otherwise have done. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's about, like doing what we just said, like our gut instinct of, (laughs) this is what I would do instead, right? It's the, okay, I'm going to try this this way, but what if, right? And knowing like, what am I looking for and what happens if that is not what I see? And having a plan, right? Having that backup plan of maybe we will do a small group or maybe we will go back into the text and reread or... Maybe we pause whole group and have a discussion, right? Like, we don't know what, I don't know what it is unless we're looking at it, but I think the planning just looks different as a teacher.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I think it looks different than anything we've ever experienced. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you're really trying to really, I think we always say, like, anticipate what students may need, Mm -hmm. but in the past, you didn't have a curriculum that is structured to really bring rigor to a high level. Right. So what students might need might not have been very rigorous, right? Right. Now what they need is so much more than potentially what we can't anticipate. So I think it's also like stopping and thinking as we're planning, like what makes sense in this moment? Like I don't want to change anything. I want to stay true to the fidelity of, you know, what's happening in this lesson and But what I what what makes sense? What can I do? Can I look around this lesson to look? I mean, and we should have already. We've got tons more ideas for podcasts, y'all. We've got (laughs) different protocols that Win Wisdom has, like module study protocol, whatever. But like, can I look around this lesson and see like, remind myself what did they do a few days ago? What's happening tomorrow? What's happening Mm -hmm. in a couple days? Like, what are the lessons around my lesson telling me? And then what makes sense in my lesson? So that I'm not stopping the flow. I'm not doing the work for them. I'm not halting their learning process. I'm still allowing them the productive struggle. Like all those things we want to allow students to do. Yeah. Um, but just really yeah. thinking, like, what makes sense?
1: Let them hit themselves on the side of the pool a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> so, do it a couple but times. But not for no. forever. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> all right, so...
0: I don't want to forget, because this might be my favorite part of the podcast, we are going to do some teacher confessions, because we want you to know us a little better, and you know, we want to know you a little better, too. We're not perfect. Yeah, we are not perfect people. (laughs) Um, And so, we thought, what would be better than a teacher confession? Because there's teachers we know. We know you have things to confess. (laughs) (laughs) We should do a
1: call-in one day. Yes, Yes, we should. yes. (laughs) All right, do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Well, I think yours is going to be funnier than mine, so which one do we want first? Funnier or just like, yep, I did that too? <laughs> um, I'll go first. Okay, go first. you go first. Good. All right, so since we were talking about curriculum, um, I just thought back to my first year of teaching, which was in New Orleans. Um, and this is not not terribly funny. I'm sorry. No, it's but okay. but what, I didn't have a curriculum. I got told literally. I was teaching English three, so I was teaching eleventh grade English. That, that was it. Oh <laughs> my gosh! Stop. I'm not. I'm not kidding. That you. was it. That that was. What did you it, do? Right. So I literally went around our school and just tried to find whatever I could so this is this is a true confession right because it was terrible that I did this but I found what
0: else were you supposed to do I
1: I don't know (laughs) (laughs) this is what I was given like a helper Um, or a mentor no there was not any of this no Um, so I did find a little there were a few novels in our library so it was literally whatever novel was in the library that I was teaching I don't they may have read that last year I don't even know but it's what I had but the worst part was I found these like workbooks in the closet, oh, you and because I, I, that's all I had, Lori, that's all I had was the workbooks. This was fifteen <laughs> years ago. It's okay. So and like, at the time, I was just like, I need something for these kids. I need something, yeah. so I took those workbooks. It was so sad. Don't ever do that. Don't do this. Um. <laughs> but that's my confession. Is um, that was my first year of teaching because I didn't have anything else. Yeah. So.
0: So that's the real thing. See, we're real people.
1: Yeah. Okay, so mine, did, real deal. mine is going to be
0: around happy hour. <laughs> <laughs> I like your confession though. Thank you for confessing. Um, okay, so mine was also in my first year teaching. Of course. Mm-hmm. So we made great decisions then. Yes, yeah, so everybody just out of college, 21, made, made the best decisions ever. Yeah. Um,
1: you guys are doing great, first year teachers. You're doing right? great.
0: Bravo, oh, first year teachers, <laughs> rock on. So... We, a whole bunch of us, had decided to go out for happy hour after work. And um, it was, I want to say it was like a Thursday. And so we went out to happy hour, and the happy hour ended up being go out all night until 2 in the morning, and school started at 7.20 a.m. And so by the time I got home at 2 a.m. and went to bed for 5 hours and got back up, I was running a smidge late for school that day. Um, which was okay, because I had planning first period. It actually wasn't okay, because you should not be late for work. <laughs> but I, I, I allowed myself a few minutes. And then it was my observation day, so I was, like, severely hungover. Who does this? I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't plan. Nobody, planned. <laughs> Nobody plans to do this. <laughs> so it's my observation day. And I'm, like, you know, chewing gum. I'm trying to... Looked like I had gotten myself together and brushed my hair. And I just didn't feel great, obviously. But it went so well. They, The feedback from the admin was like, "We, that was one of the best lessons we saw all year. Now, it's probably like October, so, you know, <laughs> whatever. But I was so mortified because I'm like, this is my first teaching job. I'm supposed to... Be the adult, make a good impression, and change these students' lives because they're looking up to me. And I was so hungover and make exhausted. It you make it. <laughs> the good news is that it was a Friday, so I could go home and just actually sleep after that. But yeah, so that was my that's my confession.
1: <laughs> made it through. <laughs> Lori does not do this anymore. I do not. So. <laughs> no, now we have kids. We can't. I know. Oh my gosh. The whole different I can't world. even
0: do it on a weekend. <laughs> no. no way. Aw. <laughs> oh. Well, thank you all for listening. We're going to come back with more content next time. So, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks,
1: everybody.